Welcome to this episode of the Weekly Dispatch. I'm Sean, and if you're like me, you did nothing over the course of the week because obviously Avengers Endgame, the weather being so nice, and the fact the news cycle was pretty slow and rather boring. And if that's not a pitch for this podcast and listening in every week, I really don't know what good marketing is. If you caught our last podcast from Tuesday, you heard about the special topics we covered in the economy. If you missed out, don't worry. You can always smash the subscribe button and catch up on the news and reports from previous weeks. In today's podcast, we're going to be covering the week of the 4th through the 11th of August, hitting all the important topics in the week's news cycle. Our podcast is sponsored by Paragon Recovery. Use the code CRONUS15 to get great deals on their products. Paragon Recovery keeps you in the fight through activating your recovery and sleep cycles. And check them out and contact them for even more great savings if you're a member of the military community or one of the many law enforcement agencies. Today's podcast will focus internationally on Hodge and Hong Kong. Our U.S. America's news this week will be a summary of gun reform and campaign donors. And our economy topics for this week will be a follow-up to currency manipulation from China and the president's desire for a weakened dollar. And it's not what you think. All right, without any further ado, let's get after it. Okay, so this week in international news, we're kicking off with a discussion of what Hodge is and what you should know about it. Uh, This week, Hodge began, which marks the annual pilgrimage for many Muslims around the world to travel to Mecca. Uh, The trip began for hundreds of thousands of people earlier in the week as they began the great journey to the Great Mosque of Mecca, which is in Saudi Arabia, walking in the same footsteps of the Prophet Muhammad. This is one of Islam's most holy rites, and Saudi officials have already reported as of Wednesday over 1.8 million Muslims had already arrived to the country to take part in the five-day religious journey in and around Mecca. But the annual religious pilgrimage is being marred by some attacks on the Saudi state for the years-long war in Yemen, which is pushing millions towards the brink of starvation and the support for their crown prince, Mohammed bin Salam, also known as MBS, and some of his aggression. But what is Hajj, more importantly? Uh, It's the belief that all Muslims who are financially and physically able are to make the journey to Mecca at least once in their lifetime, just wearing simple clothing, which unifies all Muslims of all sects and nationalities. Hajj takes place during Dual al-Hijjah, the final lunar month of the Islamic year, and on the first day, pilgrims circle the Kaaba, which you've seen it on photos but might not know what it is, but it's a large black and gold cube structure in the center of the Great Mosque where prayers from around the world globally are directed five times a day. The second day, pilgrims make their way to Mount Arafat, where they ask for forgiveness for sins. And the next three days are spent traveling to surrounding areas, completing other rites, and then concluding with that journey to the Kaaba. And this is one of those really unique times where millions of people from around the Islamic world have an opportunity to join together under a common unifying message especially when many of those regions they're coming from are under significant and severe financial hardships caused by civil war and just years-long ongoing conflicts. All right, we're going to conclude our international news again with an update on Hong Kong. Now protests are continuing into the Hong Kong International Airport, 
where annually 75 million passengers uh, travel through, which makes it the world's eighth busiest airport. If you remember, Carrie Lam is Hong Kong's chief executive, and she is repeating her claims to all sectors of Hong Kong, protesting to overcome their differences to reduce financially harming the city in their movements, which leads many protesters feeling cold, confirming their suspicions that she's acting under pressure from mainland China. And we'll continue to update this, but the protests have not gone away for over a month now, and it's going to be interesting to see how this affects the Chinese main government with the ongoing trade battles that we're having that we'll cover some more under the economic section. All right, as we transition to U.S. news, our first topic will be the follow-up to the mass shootings that left 31 people dead in El Paso and Dayton as lawmakers are looking to the president for guidance on gun reform, more specifically updating and including background checks. President Trump actually came out and said that there was tremendous support for, and what I'm quoting, common sense, sensible background checks on gun reform. The president's comments have moved Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell from Kentucky towards support, this according to later comments from the president. The largest issue, though, with gun reform hasn't historically been the citizens of the country agreeing on an absolute gun control, but mostly and rather by gun lobbyists and large corporations pursuing a, a financial mark. And hey man, like what what's that like mean? Or like corporations being all corporation-y? Uh, as of Friday, the NRA, which is the National Rifle Association, has shown no new major shifts or signals to address these actions, proving that the issue isn't really any closer to real compromise. The NRA's statement on the potential for a shift in policy was only to highlight that background checks would not have prevented these shootings. And while that statement might hold true, if we take our gaze off the mass shootings and just those events and focus on populations with higher crime densities and the market for illegal weapons resulting in gun deaths, this might make an impact on the short term before you know more can really be done. But lawmakers didn't reconvene early from their recess to take on proposals. So the news will have to wait for any action for at least another couple of weeks or months as these topics will be introduced in committees with new bills back and forth for months between the different pieces of the legislation. Uh, the other key issue we should be aware of is the president's pull from his base seeking his second term in 2020 when many are being affected already in labor markets by trade disputes with China and then some might be less inclined to get out and vote. Conversely, the Democrats running on gun reform will have to contend with a further uh, quote-unquote radicalized gun reform uh, policy trying to lean further left than what previous Democratic candidates have historically done. So this debate season will be very interesting. Pay close attention to what it means by tuning in to watch and be informed. Okay, our next story is, is kind of weird. Uh, still, many people are trying to process it, and I'm really leaving you here standing on a cliff not knowing where the jumping off point is. But to get into it, uh, Joaquin Castro, a Texas Democrat and the brother of Julian Castro, who is a Democratic presidential candidate, released the names of 44 San Antonio area residents who have maxed out donations for President Trump. 
Republicans are viewing this as a breach of privacy, seeing it as an attempt to increase harassment for you know hardworking Americans and then also violating free speech. This issue was raised and upheld in the Supreme Court in the 2010 Citizens United case, where then Justice Antonin Scalia said, without such revelations, quote, democracy is doomed. Supporters of the disclosure argue uh, it provides an inside view to big money in politics, but the proponents say it leads to business boycotts, loss of employment, and then donor harassment. Mr. Castro said that, you know, quote, my post was a lament. And uh, the congressman also wrote later on Twitter that so many people in my overwhelmingly Hispanic hometown would give large money to a president who is using it to target Hispanics as what he says are invaders. So why is this important? Our, our leading segment, we started talking on uh, gun reform and these corporations being corporation-y. Uh, and corporations can donate to political parties and candidates. So if as a citizen we have visibility into this practice, we might see the forest beyond the trees or a candidate's policy on the stump is probably different than you know behind the doors of the Oval Office. But this is a slippery slope as boycotting is also an element of free speech. So if we boycott businesses for that owner's personal choice and his freedom or her freedom, we could harm people who don't share those same views working for them, just trying to support a family or others. We'll weigh on this uh, in a couple of weeks and, and see what the fallout is before the next debate where I'm sure this is gonna be a topic for conversation. Okay, and now on to the economy where the president wants to weaken the US dollar. Wait, what? You might be asking yourself, why? If you couldn't check out our special report on currency manipulation in China, real quick, we can catch up. China was able to artificially reduce the value of its currency, making exports cheaper for foreign nations to purchase, increasing those demands, and then investments in foreign markets where that currency is valued uh, is going to be offset to those markets, so they're going to have an increase on you know that return on the investment. Uh, for the United States, weakening the dollar would potentially increase returns on American investment. So every day, more than $5 trillion changes hands in currency markets around the world, and $4 trillion of that involves the U.S. dollar as the valued commodity. If the U.S. were to cut its currency, it could also score a political point for the president with China uh, in that same note, as a weakened dollar with Chinese markets would cut some trade deficits we currently have and then reduce the effects of the tariffs leading into a 2020 campaign for uh, political opponents of the president and then the president himself, so whoever wants to jump on this. Stronger currencies can also lead to lower exports uh, and increased consumption of foreign products. So weakening the currency uh, serves as the political tool during the upcoming campaigns, uh, but because it's going to increase the demand uh, abroad for U.S. products. However, the United States, unlike China with its renminbi, uh, can't just print money from the Treasury to meet these goals. This means that the U.S. would have to look at other ways to weaken the currency, aiming for potentially higher inflation, which is where the point about the Fed selling back its holdings last week and reducing the overnight loan rates might be leading in a long-term plan to prevent trade wars, increase consumer power for foreign markets uh, with those U.S. dollar values. So we'll continue to follow this. Uh, if you have any questions on this, you can always hit us up at hq at chronosfit.org. I would love to get into a conversation with you guys and hear what you have to say on the topic.
All right, so that pretty much wraps us up for the week. Not too much going on in the news cycle. Upcoming stuff for Kronosfit. We launched the Kronosfit 175 program this week for military prep. It's a program specifically designed for training in an operational environment akin to the Ranger Regiment with operational tempo very high and efficient movements for sustaining endurance and strength proficiency. We're also going to be in New Hampshire this week to train with the Northeastern men's soccer team, uh, do a leadership discussion and preparation for their upcoming season, which is just awesome. And then we look forward to supporting you know, college-level athletes as they get after it. So go Huskies. Uh, we'll be back next Sunday for more weekly dispatch reports and Brain Body Bobby. Check us out online at www.chronosfit.org or hit us up at hq at chronosfit.org for all questions about the podcast, programming, or opportunities within Chronosfit. Thanks, guys.